Hi, everyone, and welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals you have in your life and what next steps do you need to take to get there. I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and I'm so glad you're here for Episode 5. I think you will be, too. We're joined today by Elise Murphy. Now, Elise, you'll meet her in a second. She's a writer and a speaker, an influencer, and she is so committed to using her platform to have these real, authentic conversations and to help people live up to their God-given calling. Elise is originally from Sydney, Australia, then moved to L.A. in 2013 to pursue ministry, and as a result, found a whole new world of life and its lessons along the way. And she's currently writing her second book as a result. I can't wait for you to meet Elise and hear this conversation. As we begin, I'd like you to think about your answers to the following questions. First, if you and I were to meet for the very first time at a soccer field or at a party, I'll bet I would probably ask you, what do you do for a living? And I bet you would ask me the same, and we would have an answer. Pretty standard answer about what we do for a living. What if I were to ask you the question, who are you? And that might be the most important question of all. So welcome to episode five. And now, here's my conversation with Elise Murphy. Elise, it is so great to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I honestly, I should just pay you to like walk in front of me and introduce me to everybody. That'd be fun. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm happy to be here. I am available. So just know that. (laughs) Hey, listen, you heard my description. Uh, It's not fair, right? You have a lifetime experiences and lessons and I did it in like 10 seconds. But (laughs) for those who haven't followed your journey, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to Southern California, I hear. Listen, it's a bit of a journey, isn't it? Well, I do. The accent is real. I'm not putting it on. Um, I Sounds got it great. From, got it from my mama. I uh, was born in Australia and grew up in Sydney, Australia as a pastor's kid. And um, we have a recovery group. It's going very well for all pastor's kids. No, no, no. But I am a church <laughs> kid, grew up in church and um, lots of life experiences and lessons like everybody else. And either wanted to be, um, on Broadway or famous or judge Judy as a kid. They were my three things. Wide range. Yeah. Wide range. And then realized my name was not Judy and how long it would take to become a judge. I was like, Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, but nowadays I kind of went through Bible college and, um, decided that I wanted to, if God was real, Um, I always had this feeling of like bringing together faith and fun, like life should be fun, right? We should be enjoying life. And so always found myself attracted to those people and pulling in those people accidentally or intentionally. And so life kind of took its own journey, but I ended up in Los Angeles, became executive pastor at a church in Los Angeles, amazing church, Oasis Church. And Philip and Holly Wagner became my uh, Los Angeles parents, if you will, and um, for me, that was really a bunch of years of my own kind of self-discovery and figuring out who God was, even just outside the four walls of church. And again, had a bunch of experiences and lessons. And 2017 was a really big year for me with some ups and downs. And it really led me to realize that if we can find God in the pain, then that pain can be healed through him. And we can have an even stronger story to help other people get through that. Because if God's brought me through a fire, he didn't just bring me through it to say, look at what I did. He definitely brought me through things so that I could help bring other people. So that's what I do now. And I live in um, Orange County and help people through 
any means possible and necessary just to find their voice, find their feet and, um, and just smile, hopefully. So I don't know if that helps, if that gives an idea where I'm coming from, but I think it's great. I think it's great. You know, uh, by the way, for those that are listening in that, um, yeah, we're talking about God and Jesus and, uh, some, some listening in believe in God and Jesus, others may be listening in that do not. And, uh, here it's all good. We're just, we're talking about life and leadership and, and how we're on this journey together. And so, Elise, let me pick up where you left off there on God. So you you view God and Christianity as as something that should be fun and not so serious, or am I oversimplifying it for you? No, I don't know if it's oversimplifying. I think, and I love that you said that as well, Darren. I think it's so important that people know that wherever they're at on their spiritual journey, um, often we can have this idea that <clears throat> obviously my belief is in God is that but we can often feel like he's really far away. And I've, I found even just recently, there's such a difference between proximity and access. So just because I feel like someone's far away, you are in a different part of the world. We are on the other side of a screen from each other. And yet I have access to you right now. And I think if we could understand and I don't have to understand how I have access to you. I don't have to understand how technology works. And thank God for that, honestly. Most no days. But but what I know is that I can talk to you. And what I know is we can have a conversation. And I guess I just want people to know that about God. I just think that God is a lot more simple and a lot more complicated and a lot more accessible than we maybe give him credit for that this faith journey, this spiritual conversation that we often find ourselves in, especially after a year like 2020, after a pandemic, after what we're still kind of going through in our world, there has to be space for a conversation to be able to say, hey, I know that you may have seen a lot of religious people arguing over things that actually don't matter, but the God that I know, he's really accessible. Um, He's really close. And I I think he laughs at a lot of the things that (laughs) we spend time arguing about, to be honest. And so that's, that's, I guess, what I want people to know is that yes, life is fun. And I don't know all the answers and I am on my own journey too. I've just found that um, life's a lot easier when I have something bigger than myself to hold on to. Mm, Very good. Right. So the more of that, that purpose, something bigger than us, it feels good to have that, doesn't it? Man, we all need it. You know, I, um, this whole discussion about God remind, I'm I'm taking right back to Sunday school. I grew up in a Lutheran church and the God that I grew up with, um, here's my perception of him. It is a old man in a rocking chair being very judgmental, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the God that I grew up with. And, and I'll tell you what, in the past probably five or 10 years, there's been a shift because of the people that I'm connecting with and what resonates with, with, uh, to me about your message is that God and Jesus, depending upon your view of them, that kind of influences how you behave and how you act and how you approach life. And I got to tell you, I like a God and a Jesus with a spirit of adventure and and almost like grab my hand, come with me because there's something around the corner. Just trust me and take a step. I love that. Listen, you're talking to the girl that moved <clears throat> from to the other side of the world like the the big things in life the big if you will in in church talk we might say like the big faith steps of life I've often taken without thinking about it a lot and like I said before I overthink the small things I don't know how to choose from a menu at any given restaurant like give me two <laughs> options and let me choose because if you suddenly give me too many options like I don't know if anyone else can relate but that is my life story and yet with these really big moments in life with these if you will what I would maybe call God moments or these opportunities and invitations to the adventure like you said 
sometimes I look back and I'm like, Elise, what 23 year old is moving to the other side of the world from my parents' house? It's not like I had lived outside of home. Like I was just like, why not? And I've had these moments of why not? And I just think the idea of God and the God that I know, um, he is a God of adventure. And I think it's funny looking back, that's how I know God's real is because I've been put in these situations where I had to make a decision that probably if I had thought about it for longer than 25 seconds, I, I would talk myself out of it. And yet the adventure moments, the things that I'm so grateful for are those exact moments, those moments that I'm glad I didn't overthink. I'm glad I didn't need to have all the answers, but it was all part of the adventure. And I think that we learn more from those moments than we do from the comfortable, cozy couch moments. And we need both, but I think we learn more from the adventure moments. So there may be some of you that are listening, you're driving into work, uh, maybe you're walking around the house, listening to this podcast, and you're thinking about kind of that next decision you need to make. And maybe you're mulling it around and overthinking it. And But at least what you're talking about is this, I think you call it this, these 25 seconds. Uh, and I'm, I'm calling it these 25 seconds like of that. just insane courage, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just go for it. What what have you learned through this process? How do you step out and just take action? Because many, and I'm one of them, we overthink it and we're just getting in our head. And so I think the biggest thing I would say for someone that is mulling around and perhaps on that teetering edge of overthinking to just taking the leap is you're never going to be fully ready. And that is what I've had to realize. And if you are fully ready, you're probably running late. And so I think that sometimes what we have to do is just understand it. If I'm never going to be fully ready, then is this just an excuse that I'm making, which is really just covering up a fear that we all have of failing. And if you're never going to be fully ready, I guess the next question is, are you ready enough? Are you ready enough to take the first step? And I was ready enough uh, when I got my like visa to be able to come to LA. Did I have all my ducks in the row? Clearly not. And also maybe it would have stopped me. Maybe by the time I had all my ducks in a row, that visa would have expired. Maybe by the time that you think that you're ready to get married, that person isn't there anymore. Maybe the next time you think that you're ready to start the business, somebody else has already started it before you. And I think that we have to get more comfortable being uncomfortable starting something before we're completely ready, understanding that there are so many things on the other side that we'll figure out as we go, but this just might be an excuse for not starting in the very beginning. All right. So uh, again, those are listening. You probably heard a little whisper right there and maybe spoke to you. And so what will it be? What's that? What's that next step that you know you need to take? And um, yeah, do it. (laughs) Isn't that so powerful too? the next step can either over or underestimate what we can do in nine months. And we absolutely underestimate the things that can happen in nine years. But if you look back on it, the nine hours, the nine days, the nine months or the nine years, isn't it all just a bunch of next steps. And sometimes we don't take that step because we think either it's too small or it doesn't matter. And we're waiting for that step that is actually going to be coming in three steps time. But if we don't take this step, we'll never get to that step. And I think that that is the most important thing. And you said it, it's just, it's taking that next step. I love it. A A good friend of mine said that, you know, you're, you're waiting for God, right? We all, we wait for God and maybe God is waiting on you. Maybe the table has been set and he's just waiting for you to take that step. Again, his his hand is there and just grab it and go, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. I love that. All right. Now, Hey, let's talk a little bit about what you've accomplished. I'm dying to know uh, in the last nine years, nine months, what, (laughs) what projects are you most excited about right now that you're working on? 
And how is that kind of tapping into your purpose as, as far as why you're here? I took a job in ministry um, in, in Los Angeles, which I think I was the only girl to ever move to Los Angeles to do ministry, not media. And then the only one that ended up doing media, not ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't God funny? Uh, yeah. But I've that was like a bunch of years ago when the lessons I've learned through a lot of different seasons of life, speaking, writing a book, getting married, then getting divorced, same year, publicly, going through the ups and downs of life um, and feeling this ability and maybe a, I would probably call it a grace, but like a, um, a gifting to talk about it. A couple of years ago, I remember driving, having this quiet conversation with God. And I literally was just, I was very much in ministry, had no strings in media. And I said, God, if you ever want to do stuff in media, that'd be fun. Like that adventure moment that like, hmm, if you want to call the travel agent, that could be fun. Let's see where we could go. Sure enough, a few years later, the world shuts down. Who saw that coming? And, um, these, as the, the doors to my house closed, it's like these other doors opened. And I think that often in 2020, a lot of people came out of that year with these pivots that they didn't go into their house thinking they would come out with. And for me, it was these media doors and, um, the company that I, one of the companies I work with Lightworkers, which was founded by Roma Downey. If anybody watched touched by an angel, uh, that's our angel. Uh, and the whole message and mission of Lightworkers is just that we would help spread light. And uh, the show that I now host and co-produce is started in my house. And it actually still is my house. And now we're in talks about studios and stuff like that. But it kind of feels like this, ah, it was the whole incubation period was kind of in my house during the pandemic. And it was just to spread light. Out of that, I really felt this pivoting and this nudge to come out of the comfortable moment that it was a 25 second of courage moment. And so I put my resignation in, in the church that I was working for, really feeling like if God has called me to influence people, then the people I want to reach probably aren't coming to church on a Sunday. Whoa. The people that need hope the most probably aren't getting in their car, certainly not right now, to come to a service that they don't understand and sing songs that they don't know what they're singing and have all these traditions that they don't understand. So why am I staying in the four walls and expecting these people to come to me? And um, so I resigned. Whoa during mid-pandemic as you big do. step big step and it was a big step it was a 25 second moment of courage mm -hmm. and then uh really just trusted god for six months and did the media stuff and um just prayed and took some time and for me i had to separate my identity from who was i if my email address didn't have a signature saying pastor underneath that was what i used to do and who was i if i didn't have this role which i'm sure a lot of listeners can probably relate to especially over the last few years and um i just started this course for women and i started being like what would it look like if i just spent my time helping women I kind of bob goffed it a little bit of what would it look like if I just, just, and it might take different routes and it might look different for other people. And maybe it looks different in different seasons, but the mission is still to help women specifically live their best life, get past those moments where they feel like they have fallen down, get back up again, 
get back on the road after a detour in life, whether that detour is a heartbreak or a divorce or a death or the loss of a job or just the loss of what you thought your life would be and how do we help them? And so now it looks like courses and we just launched this thing called Club Devotion literally a couple of weeks ago where it is this community of women where we're, that's probably what I'm most excited about. It's bringing together this content, this faith talk, any part of your spiritual journey. Like, so you could be wanting to dive into the deep ends of theology and Greek and Hebrew meanings, which is what the Bible was written in. <laughs> or maybe you're like, wait, what's God? And what's this thing? And yeah. we have women from all, again, all different walks of life and all different ages, all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities, all different, literally parts of our globe. We meet weekly. We um, have daily community together to be able just to do life. But all of it <laughs> comes back to the same mission of just helping women who find themselves in maybe parts of my story uh, be able to find the confidence to walk out their story too. That is so great. And your enthusiasm for it is contagious. And I can tell you're passionate about it. As you think about who you are right now and the journey you're on, the work you're doing now, which involves more media, in your mind, do you think of yourself as a pastor, but doing it differently? Or have you crossed over mentally to say, you know what, I, I am Elise and I use media to you know, spread the word and to help people. Um, yeah, if you had to pick one, I'm oversimplifying. Which one? So it's a it's it's a bit of a fundamental question that I've had to kind of go deep with because when I resigned from my job, I then just spent six months being like, I don't know who I am because again, if I didn't have this job title, did that even still mean that that I was doing my calling? God aligns things when you're prepared to step out. And as you start intentionally walking towards your calling, you kind of like accidentally come along these answers to the questions that almost stopped you from stepping out in the beginning. What I've had to realize is whether it is on an email signature or it is in the four walls of a church or on some kind of bio on a social media page, the title that I have is not the same as who God called me to be. I think one of the biggest ways to know what you're really called to do is will you do it if you don't get a paycheck? And I was finding myself doing it even without someone giving me a paycheck. I was finding myself logging on to Instagram lives to talk about what I read in the Bible, to check in with people I don't know because I wanted to. But I do know that for me, and I think for a lot of the guys that I know um, and men, they really get hung up on the title. When we, when we see each other, we meet each other, the soccer field, whatever, it's like, hey, what do you do, right? And that answer is so much of their self-worth, but it's not about your title. It's more about who you are as a person. And that's tricky to find that. And if I could go back and give any, any advice to uh, uh, my younger self, my 20s, it would be that. Spend more time thinking about who you are as a person, as opposed to the fixation on the ambition and on the title. Wow. It's a trap. It's a trap, isn't it? It is. And, and it, it's, we've grown up that way though. So whether it's a man or a woman, we learn from an early age. One of the things that defines someone is by that question, what do you do? Yeah. And so it's funny now because I, I didn't have a clean answer, but one day maybe I will again, maybe I'll get it down to that that good Instagram bio of I help people do this, this, and this. But right now <laughs> I'm like basically three things. I do ministry in my own way. Um, honestly, I'm probably more effective than I was on a church staff. Oh, uh, that'll upset some people right there, but I do ministry. I do mental wellness, help people with their mental wellness. And I do media and all three things come back to the same mission 
of helping people heal and be healthy and helping them connect to a God that has something bigger for them, but can also show them that he sees them. Um, by the way, since you brought up Instagram a couple of times, uh, you are a great Instagram follow. It is, oh. at, is at Elise. Simple yeah. enough, everybody. My first name, friends in high places when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get that? That's amazing. Oh, that's but, a story. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it's a great follow. You, you really have a talent of of using media in a way that is really thought-provoking content that is really exceptional. So um, well so done. It's not something I've been comfortable with, though people might look at my Instagram and think, oh, she's very comfortable doing that. Ask my best friend. I'm not. Every, like I'm, I get in my head more than anyone else. But at the end of the day, I've had to get over myself in a sense, yeah. ironically, thinking people are going to think that it's about myself to reach other people. All right. So uh, what did you learn through the journey? My gosh, you did it. You, you took that big step looking back. What did you learn about God, faith, yourself? What did you learn? I learned that often God will use small little pebbles in your shoe <laughs> that start as pebbles, but if you let them stay there without actually moving some things around, they get really painful. And um often it's really easy to look at a change in your life, a detour, a pivot, a coming off the main high road, however you want to look at it. Those moments in life that you maybe didn't see coming, but that create a pivot can be the greatest invitations to what we were talking about earlier, an adventure. These pebbles, this discomfort that God will often allow a discomfort, a lodging, if you will, to move us to the next thing. How many people aren't doing it? How many people are just too scared? So we'll leave the pebble in there, even though it causes injuries later on in life, even though how many people just learn to live with either settling or with just the woulda, shoulda, couldas of life. And I just realized I didn't want to. And through this process, again, I'm not on the other side yet because are we ever? Right. Um, but I think what I'm learning is it is so much more fun and so much more work to do those things that you're called to do. My dad taught me when I was a little girl, my dad is one of my best friends in the whole world. I feel like the luckiest girl in the world to not have to have daddy issues, if you will. I, he's just phenomenal, my favorite guy. And um, he told me as a little girl, at least you can always come home. Whether it was me being worried, I used to get bullied in school. Everyone I feel like has a story like that. So it's not a woe is me, I'm, I'm fine. I have great friends now, but I used to get scared to, you know, I didn't really fit in church circles or school circles or definitely not sports circles because that was not my gifting in life. But I just, my dad used to always tell me, Lise, if it's not good, then you can call me. I'll come pick you up. And then I remember when I moved to Los Angeles, he and I had this agreement two years, at least just two years. And if it sucks, you get to come home. Wow. And then um, I remember like for me, when I got married and didn't know I was entering into an abusive marriage, I remember right before I walked down the aisle, my dad said, you can always, you can always come home. And he didn't mean it in the sense of like, if it just gets difficult, just quit. Like my dad is not a quitter. He, trust me, he is challenges me all the time to just keep going or what's next. He's that guy. But there is something beautiful about this understanding that, hey, if you try something and it doesn't work, you can always come home. Yeah. You can always go back to that thing. You can always uh, trust that God isn't going to let you fail. And I have tried so many things that haven't worked. We're just talking about some of the things that have because- it's a podcast, but like I have so many things and the things that have led me to the wins have been the moments where I've been like, oh, that didn't work. I want to go home now or I want to go back to that thing. And sometimes we just need to have that comfort of saying, hey, if it doesn't work, it's okay. You can always, you can always come home. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, um, I live in Idaho and my uh, oldest daughter just got married. And I remember right before we walked down the aisle, funny you say that Wow. because I, I looked at her and I, and I said, you'll always have a home in Idaho because as you know, with marriage, you're creating this whole new you know, uh, yeah. home, uh, the new, new family. But uh, I wanted to know as a dad too, that, you know what? We got your back. You always have a home in Idaho. So I love that story about your dad. That's really sweet. And I think that that's so, isn't that a relationship between a father and I think especially dad and daughter relationships. She'll have a husband, you have like family, then you have kids, but you, you have one dad. And I think that that is one of the reasons that I feel so passionate about working with women and the relationship that I get to have building community amongst women, because mm-hmm. A lot of women don't have that. And so maybe even as I'm saying that someone driving, listening, a man or a woman, uh, they're like, well, I didn't, I didn't have a dad or I didn't have a good relationship with my dad. And I think again, coming back to my faith for me, though, I did have a great relationship and have a great relationship with my dad. I think that if we can really show people what that beautiful relationship between a father and a child is meant to be like, there is that sense of comfort, that sense of you'll always have a home in Idaho. Like there is that sense of you can always come home at any time. And perhaps that's the reason people are nervous or scared of a relationship with God is because they think it's going to be a disciplinarium, not this father that's like, hey, there's always a place here whenever you want it. I think it's beautiful. Well, Elise, this has been a blast. It's fun getting to know you and what you're passionate about. Uh, Tell us, how can we get more involved in what you are doing? Where should we go? Talk to us a bit. Absolutely. I'd love to. I mean, we have our club devotion, which is our monthly um, membership. It is a community uh, for women that really want to find authentic, deep friendships, um, literally from all around the globe while on their own faith journey too. I am a writer as well. And so I write daily devotionals for women in there. We meet weekly, have club meetings. We, uh, you get voice prompts, voice texts from my Australian accent, if nothing else, every single day. So <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's worth it right there. I, I know. Right. So they, and you look, you can always text me too. My number is 323 629 8720. So you can text me at any time, literally for any information about that. One more time. Um, And yeah, 323-629-8720. And then my Instagram at Elise, E-L-Y-S-E has, it's kind of the housing place of all of my information. You know, I have a website, but um, I couldn't tell you what's on it. So (laughs) that's the reality, isn't it, of our world? It's so fast moving. So I'd say Instagram and then just text me if you want any information on that or um, our Breakthrough Bootcamp. We have a bunch of stuff we do with mental wellness too, which we didn't even have time to get into. But just trying to help people live a better life and just come join the community. It's been such a great, great conversation today, Darren. Thank you so much for having me on. You're very welcome. Last question, I promise. If you met your 19-year-old self on the street of LA or in Australia somewhere, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, so much. Don't get bangs would be the first one. Uh, But (laughs) I would probably tell her the parts of you that you're afraid to show are the parts that are going to connect the most. Um, And that would be my biggest thing. We're all, we're all afraid um, of if people really knew me, they wouldn't like me. And I am just finding now, and I know I have so much more to learn. I'm 32 now. I know I'm just getting into it. But one of the biggest things is what I'm realizing is the parts that I'm most afraid to show are the parts that not only bring me the most healing, but actually unlock healing 
in everybody else. And if we could understand that, again, shame is a liar and that those fears of letting people into the quirks, the fun moments, the messy moments, the parts of your story that were the detours, that perhaps we would all see that one, we're not as different as we all think. And two, you have something that I can learn and I have something that you can learn. And what if we walked through our days together knowing that? Elise, thank you very much for being part of the podcast. It was great having you here and getting your perspective on this wide range of topics we discussed. And for everyone listening, you can follow me at Darren Johnson one on Instagram. Leave me a message. Let me know how this podcast is working for you. And uh, my Instagram game is not nearly as sharp as Elise's, but I am trying. So Elise, thank you very much again for being here. It was a pleasure to meet you. Absolutely. Thanks, Darren. That was a fun interview with Elise. Covered a lot of ground. And so I have a favor to ask of you. I'd love for you to leave a review. And also think about who are the two people, the two friends or family that would benefit from this message today, this encouraging message from Elise. And many of us have a group text set up for our family. Forward this on to them. Everyone will hear something different in the message, and that's the power of it. Be sure to watch for the next episode. We'll be talking with Jenny Tolman. She is from Nashville. She's a country music star, and she has a story to tell. I can't wait for you to meet Jenny. Thanks for being here, everybody, and thanks for being part of the I Dare You podcast.